at all times, every part of your body is feeling sensations at all times, every part. And that would be so overwhelming if you could um, consciously, if you were consciously observing all those things at all times. So what we were doing uh, for mastering the mind was for the first three days, we were practicing this technique of meditation called Anapana. You're listening to Young Smart Money, a podcast that inspires young entrepreneurs to take their personal finances to the next level. My name is Apple Kreider, and I am a huge personal finance nerd and entrepreneur who's constantly looking for a better way. Whether it's amassing millions of credit card points, learning which parts of the tax code can work to your advantage, or just figuring out how to run your business as smart as possible, I am all about it. Join me as I sit down with some of the smartest financial planners and specialists for young entrepreneurs out there and extract the action steps you need to get the most bang for your buck from your business. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Creator. Today, we got another bonus episode for you based on my 10-day silent meditation retreat that I talked about in the last bonus episode. If you haven't seen that yet, um, go check it out. There'll be a link in the description, show notes, whatever. Um, so, so go listen to that one first. That kind of gives you the groundwork for what I was doing for 10 days and uh, kind of a little bit behind why I was doing it. Um, this is going to be more based on what I learned from it, so a little bit more on the... Um, Philosophical side uh, might sound a little woo-woo to you. It would have sounded like if I would be watching this video right now before I did this retreat, I'd be like, this dude is crazy. Like, this is some woo-woo stuff right here. Um, so so I'm just going to preface it with that. Um, but through these 10 days, I learned a ton about myself and about the world around me. So I'm super stoked to share this with you. And um, yeah, feel free to come into this with whatever mindset you have, um, whether it's like this dude's crazy or this is actually really fascinating stuff. So um, I'm just going to preface it with that and we're just going to dive right in. So uh, like I mentioned in the last video, um, prior to coming to this retreat, I really, I had in the, I had the idea in my head that this was going to be kind of just a time for me to like kick back, relax, um, and, and kind of just take a step back from, from, from the whole world, um, for about 10 days, uh, after graduation and kind of just like reflect on my, my life, um, uh, my time in, in school and all of that stuff. And, and that was absolutely not what I signed up for. Okay. Um, I did very little research before going to this thing and, um, that, that kind of, I wouldn't say it bit me in the butt, but um, it, it showed very quickly. So this was a lot more of an intense experience than I than I was expecting um, on a lot of different levels. First of which was just the amount of work that I was doing. Okay, like every time um, at the end of the day during the like videos that we watched that I mentioned in the last video, um, the instructor would say um, the first day is over. You've got nine more days left to work. Like it, it was very, it was reinforced over and over again that we are here to work. And so we are going to work. Like uh, it's not, it's not a retreat in the terms of like you're retreating from life. You're taking a step back. It's like you're, you're going there so that you are in the most optimal environment to get stuff done. Like that is what this was for. Okay. It was not, it was not a place to relax. It was a place to work and get stuff done. So that was, that was kind of the big first shocker to me in terms of just not what I was expecting whatsoever, but it was, it was such an optimal environment, like coming back into the real world, um, the real world out here and kind of seeing, um, how difficult it is to maintain even a fraction of the practice that I was doing in there in terms of just the meditation. It's, it's wild. Like 
there is is such an, an energy in that place that is not out here that makes it so much more difficult to get to like as deep of a level as I was getting in there out here. I mean, <laughs> it's it, it's really, really crazy. And they talked about this a little bit at the end in terms of just like, if you start meditating in the same spot every single day, you'll start to kind of generate uh, vibrations in that area. And I know when I say vibrations, a lot of people are just like, this dude's, this dude's whack. Like what, what vibrations, like when, when you say the word like vibrations, people, people think you're, you're a hippie and you're like, I don't even know what, but, um, through, through this practice, um, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole lot of stuff I want to say, but, um, through, through meditating in the same spot every day, you can kind of generate a stronger energy in that room that helps you kind of get to that, to that deeper place faster. Um, and, and so that just is not present, um, anywhere for me right now, but it was very present in that meditation hall and in my room. Um, when I was on this retreat. So getting, getting adjusted to, to not having that out here is, is definitely significant. But so that's kind of what I was expecting versus what was actually there. Uh, but I want to give you guys a little bit more insight into kind of the pillars of what I was doing there, because like I mentioned in the last one, um, it, it all kind of revolves around the teachings of Buddha and not all the teachings of Buddha, but um, the, the ones that are kind of like non-sectarian and don't really um not, not really like the, the, the beliefs of Buddhism, but kind of like the teachings of Buddha. So there's, there's kind of, so, so what Buddha taught was uh, Dhamma and Dhamma means the law of nature. Okay. And the law of nature is split up into, and I'm not, I'm not preaching guys. I'm not Buddhist. I'm not preaching at you right now. Oh, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I learned. So Dhamma is split up into three pillars. Okay. So there's morality, there's mastery of the mind and there's wisdom. So, I mean, right off the bat, you don't have to be a religious person to, to think that those are all, I mean, those are all pretty universally accepted as like good things, like being a moral person, um, being able to master your mind and then having wisdom all I would say are generally accepted as, as positive things. So hope you're with me so far. Okay. So with morality um, and kind of within this retreat, we were practicing all three of these things. So for morality, what we had to do was on day one, we all took these 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 precepts. Okay, so these kind of um, oaths, whatever agreements that we were not going to do. These um, eight things or eight precepts that we took. So the first precept was you will not kill any living thing. Not too difficult to do, um, especially when it's the middle of winter. So there's not even any bugs around. So that was not too tough. Um, Number two, I will not steal anything. So um, again, not very tough. There wasn't much to steal. It was a very simple place. Uh, There was not really that much to have. So um, stealing something, you would have had to really go out of your way to to, to steal something. So that was number two. Number three, I will not speak any lies. Um, Pretty easy to do when you're not allowed to speak. So that was not an issue. Um, Number four was I will not um, commit any, or I will not perform any sexual actions. Okay. So, um, Buddhist teaching was no sexual misconduct, but they took it a step further and they were like no sexual conduct whatsoever. So, um, none of that, um, you couldn't even give somebody a handshake. Like I I don't, yeah, no, literally no touching. You can't touch anybody else. You can't touch yourself. There's no touching whatsoever. Um, number five was no, um, consuming of any intoxicants. So, um, no alcohol, no, no tobacco, no, 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 nothing. Um, it's clean campus. Can't do anything there. Um, number six was, um, no, um, comfortable beds, no comfortable chairs, no comfortable beds. So all the chairs were like metal folding chairs. Um, the beds were quite hard. Um, and so yeah, no comfortable beds, no comfortable chairs. Number seven was no, um, sensual pleasures. So I know it sounds kind of like like sensual, but, uh, basically what that meant was like, you could not listen to music. You could not dance. You could not watch 
TV, um, basically no kind of like entertainment. Um, and then the eighth one, which I need a quick refresher on, um, is that, oh shoot, what was it? Um, abstain, nope. Uh, um, oh yeah, abstain from eating at improper times. So we were not allowed to eat after noon. Our last meal was at 11. So I'm not exactly sure where that fits in. Um, I haven't really done my research in terms of figuring out why um, it goes like no killing, no stealing, no eating after noon. Like I just, one of these things is kind of not like the other, but um, that was just the eighth thing that we had to, that we had to agree to there. And uh, one of the things I think behind that is like, um, I definitely found that like after times where I hadn't been eating for a while, my meditation was definitely a lot like I felt more powerful um, just because there wasn't like this digestion going on. Like my body was totally free to focus on my body um, and digestion was not taken away from that. So that was those were the eight things that we had to agree to. That was kind of like the morality aspect of it, um, because one of the teachings of Buddha was like, uh, yo, there's all these people like preaching all this good stuff. But it's kind of like um if you, if you do these couple things, then you can live whatever kind of life you want. Um, but Buddha was kind of like, mm, I don't know about that. I think if you, ha you have to have a, a decently moral life before you can like do this other stuff to really like take you to that next level. So the, the, the base of the building is the morality. Um, next you have the mastery of the mind. So one thing that was absolutely bananas was just figuring out or finding out how, powerful my mind was and how little of it I was actually conscious of. So I know there's that saying where like you only use 10% of your brain. I think that's complete bogus. Um, but one thing that I do think is very true is that our unconscious minds are doing so much stuff that we're not aware of that that is really, really, really cool. So one, one quick example of this is like, say you're, say you're standing, okay, you're standing and you, you, you get uncomfortable and you like shift your position on your other foot or whatever, and you're, you're shifting your weight around. Um, all of that stuff's happening unconsciously. Okay. Like you're not thinking like, oh, my knees kind of hurt. So I'm going to like shift my standing here. Like, no, that's all unconscious. And like, there's so much unconscious stuff happening on your body, in your body, around your body at all times. And, um, if you were aware of it, it'd be so overwhelming. Like, if your conscious mind was saying like, oh, like my eye feels this way and my head feels this way and my, and my arm feels this way and my, my chest feels this way. And like all this stuff is happening all the time. Cause li literally, um, at all times, every part of your body is feeling sensations at, at all times, every part. And that would be so overwhelming if you could, um, consciously, if you were consciously observing all those things at all times. So what we were doing uh, for mastering the mind was for the first three days, we were practicing this technique of meditation called Anapana. And basically how that works, again, I'm not teaching you this stuff, so don't uh, watch this video and then try to go out and do it. Um, find a teacher, find a, find a, like a meditation training, um, find, find something more, more educational than this. But like basically what we were doing was we were focusing all of our awareness on this little area between our nose and our, and our upper lip. So just the little tiny area right here we're focusing on that and you're you're focusing on that area for 12 hours a day for 3 days straight it's it's bananas but what you get out of that is a very sharp awareness okay it's it's really really cool because you're focusing on this area and all you're doing is you're just noticing the sensations that come up and at first there's absolutely nothing like you're just sitting there like what am i doing i can't feel anything there's nothing happening there but then as time goes on, you start to like, like maybe uh, one at one point you'll feel an itch there. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually feeling something on this face. This is so, this is, this is awesome. And then what you do is you just observe it. Like you don't, you don't itch it. You don't scratch it. You just kind of like sit there and you observe it and you observe it arise. You observe it pass away. 
Um, and that's, that's all you're doing for the first three days. But by the end of those three days, it's so, so cool because you have such a heightened awareness of your body, not just of this area, but you can now take that sharpened awareness that you have of what your body is feeling. And then you can start to, to move to other areas. And that's kind of what Vipassana is. So again, I'm not teaching you Vipassana. Don't watch this video and go out and try to practice it because you're, you, you'll do it incorrectly. Um, cause I'm not an instructor. Um, but basically with Vipassana, what you're doing is instead of just focusing on this, this area here above your lip, you are moving your awareness from your head to your feet, um, and back up and back down and back up and back down over and over and over again. And all you're doing is you're observing what sensations are happening um, on all of the parts of your body and just observing them arise, then pass away, arise, pass away, and just continuously change. And that's that was when some like really cool stuff started happening, okay? Because um, at, at this point, I'm gonna talk more about this in the next video, but at this point, I was experiencing a lot of pain, okay? I hadn't sat crisscross at applesauce um, since like fourth grade. And that's what we were doing for like 12 hours a day. We were sitting on the ground, we were crossing our legs um, and you couldn't move. And so that was really tough for me. And so there's a lot of pain, especially on my back. But once I was able to become aware, and again, it's really hard to explain to someone who's not receptive to it. And I know I would not have been at all receptive to it before going on this retreat. Um, but just being able to feel things like, like I had this severe, severe pain on my back. And then by focusing on it and kind of just like looking deeper into it and saying like, just, just trying to feel what was actually going on. Cause like, sure, there's a big pain there, but like there's a lot more subtle things that are going on in that pain. So by, by trying to look deeper into that pain, at some points, the pain would literally just dissolve into like vibrations. Um, and it would be totally gone. And then my, I could just feel the vibrations in my back. And it, it's so, it's so difficult to explain this without sounding, uh, crazy. So, uh, yeah, essentially, um, about seven or eight days in, um, there, there were points where I could just feel the vibe, like my body, like you, you, your, your awareness gets subtler and subtler and subtler and subtler to where you're not just feeling like pain and scratching and tingling and everything, but you're feeling like subtle, subtle vibrations, um, throughout your entire body. And that's, it's, it's really, it's really, really cool. Um, but it's really hard to get to that place. Um, unless you are just at it for 12 hours a day for 10 days, you know? So, um, through, through just continuously practicing, 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 um, getting to that place where you can feel, um, the vibrations throughout your entire body and, um, everything kind of just feels uniform. It's not like there's a pain here and there's a scratching here and there's a this there and this there. It, it's, it's all just a uniform sensation throughout your entire body. Um, that it, it honestly feels pretty, pretty pleasant. Um, but the whole, the whole thing that you're doing with Vipassana is you're going head to toe, toe to head, um, while noticing everything that's going on, but remaining totally equanimous to each of the sensations. So when you feel the pain, you understand like, this is pain, this is unpleasant. Um, but you don't say like, you're not trying to get rid of the pain. Okay. The goal is not to get rid of the pain. The goal is to sit with the pain and remain equanimous with it. Okay. And, and so that's, like with the understanding that pain arises simply to pass away. No pain is eternal. Um, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, it's going to be there, it's going to be not. Um, and that's kind of the understanding. Okay. So like when pleasant sensations happen, you recognize like, okay, this feels good. I'm going to like soak this in. Cause like, it's not about like being equanimous. It's not about like shutting things out or like suppressing things. It's about experiencing them. Like I experience things I feel on a, on a, more precise and, and more significant level now 
than I did beforehand because my awareness is so much stronger of what's happening within the framework of my body than it was when I went into this. So I, I really do feel like I, I experienced things um, more, more significantly now than I did before I came in just because I'm now more aware of what's what's actually happening. So with with being equanimous, basically you're noticing things, you are you're you're letting yourself feel the thing, but you're just not responding to it with either craving or aversion because again, one of the one of the other teachings of Buddha is that all misery, um, and that's actually, that's that's the purpose of a course like this, is to show you the path to rid yourself completely of misery, which sounds like a pretty lofty goal, and it definitely is. I definitely would not say that I have rid myself of all misery in my life after these 10 days, but I definitely um, understand a lot more more clearly where misery comes from. So the framework that, that Buddha taught was that misery comes from one of two things, which are craving and aversion. And craving is wanting something that you don't have. Aversion is wanting to get rid of something that you do have. So with both of these scenarios, you are wanting, you're, you're basically not satisfied with the present moment, okay? You're wanting to change something about the present moment. And that wanting for change is what causes misery because you 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 see sort of like the grass is greener over there. Like if this wasn't happening, I'd be happier. If this was happening, I'd be happier. Um, and it's taking you away from the present moment. So where do these come from? Like where does craving and aversion come from? Well, it comes from feeling sensations and then wanting either more of them or to get rid of them. So say I feel this pleasant tingling sensation throughout my body, these vibrations. Like if I get attached to that, if I say, oh, give me more, give me more, give me more, then I am... Um, going to get miserable because because when they go away, which they will, then I'm going to say, I want them back. I want them back. I want them back. Um, but that's not how it works. And same with the pain. So if I feel pain on my back and I'm like, get rid of this, I want to get rid of it. And I'm like moving around and everything and like trying to get rid of the pain. That's, that's not going to help anything. Okay. That's going to make that, it's going to make the craving or the rather the aversion for pain. It's going to make it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's going to be harder and harder for me to rid myself of this. So the whole point of Vipassana is you feel these sensations from head to toe, toe to head. You keep feeling them. You keep feeling them. You keep feeling them change and arise and pass and whatever. Um, and you you remove that attachment from them, okay? Because all um, and this this might sound this might sound crazy to you if you um, haven't heard anything like it before. But basically, all uh, there's there's a four step. Okay, there's a four step process between um, something happening and you doing something. Okay, four step process. Step number one is consciousness, okay? So consciousness is the foundation for for pretty much everything, okay? And consciousness is made up of your sixth sense doors. So the sixth sense is not being able to see dead people. Um, The sixth sense, you get your five normal senses, tasting, touching, smelling, whatever. Um, The sixth one is your thoughts, okay? So so thinking is the sixth sense. Um, Again, not seeing dead people, thinking is your sixth sense. So consciousness is these six sense doors, okay? You have these doors, um, the, the thoughts, the eyes, the mouth, whatever. Those are the doors. Um, the second step is the object. So an object comes in contact with one of these six sense doors. So you see, um, you see whatever, a bird, or you taste, um, a spicy pepper, or you think about whatever. Um, so that's, that's the second step. The object comes in contact with the consciousness. Awesome. I think we're all on the same page so far. Um, and with both of these steps, you can't influence any of that stuff. Okay. You can't influence your, um, consciousness receptors, your sense doors. Those are fixed. Um, and you can't influence the objects that come in contact with them because that's just part of life. Okay. You're going to continue to come in contact with objects. The third step, which you also cannot influence is that every time something comes in contact with one of your sense doors, so the object hits the sense door, uh, a sensation arises. Okay. 
So the sensation arises somewhere in the body. So if you taste something hot, if you see a bird, if you um, think about a whatever, um, like if you think about, I don't, I don't know, if you think about something, like all of these um, contacts with the sense doors are going to generate some kind of sensation in the body. So you think about somebody who makes you angry, like that's going to generate some kind of physical reaction in the body. That anger is going to spark something. You, you eat a spicy pepper, that spice is going to prompt a physical reaction in your body, whether you are consciousness of conscious of it or not. Um, the spiciness, you probably will be, you'll probably feel it on your tongue, you might feel it in your throat. Um, and that's a very simple example. Okay, it's a very simple example. The anger, um, you may or may not be conscious of that, okay? So you, you think about somebody who makes you angry. You may or may not be conscious of that actual anger. You might feel it in your face. You might feel it in your throat. You might feel it in your chest, or you might not feel it. It might just be uh, stewing in your unconscious mind, okay? But regardless, all of these contacts create some kind of sensation in the body. Most of these, 99.99% of these, we go unconsciously um, that they happen in the unconscious mind, okay? Because if we were conscious of all of these things happening all the time, because every moment you are, uh, so many things are coming in contact with your eyes, your ears, your nose, all of these things. If we were conscious of all of that, it'd be so overwhelming. But that's the third step, okay? The third step is the sensation. And the fourth step, which is where we have some control, uh, control um, is the reaction, okay? So once you feel the um, spicy pepper hit your tongue, then you, you you experience the reaction of aversion. You're like, get this away from me. This feels bad. This is burning. Um, you have the aversion and then you have the reaction, which is give me some water or like, give me something to drink. So that is, that's the entire process of how, of how things happen in life. Okay. Everything goes from consciousness to an object hits the consciousness, to a sensation arises in the body, to a reaction happens based on craving more of the sensation or averting the sensation. That is, that's it. So what you, what, what basically what, what Vipassana is doing is it's creating a gap between the sensation and the reaction where you can instead decide to observe the sensation before generating the reaction. So you're kind of adding a step in between those two, um, whereas instead of reacting with craving or aversion, you are simply observing and then deciding what you want to do based on um, rational thinking. So again, somebody makes you angry, you get the sensations of anger, and you can decide to just react to that instinctually and just like be mad. Or like if they shouted at you, you shout something back. If they punched you, you punch them back. But what Vipassana is kind of teaching you to do is like, you feel the anger, you observe the anger, and you're like, all right, what do I want to do about that? Like, what, what decision do I want to make, given the fact that this is how my body is feeling, and this is what just happened? So it's not about being a vegetable, okay? It's not about like, I'm a vegetable, you can cut me, I don't care. Like, that's that's not what this is at all. It's, it, it's about um, being conscious of what's happening in your body, and then uh, being equanimous with it, okay? And, and not generating these um, kind of blind reactions that we are so um, trained to do. Okay. It's, it's kind of how we're wired. It's like we, um, find shortcuts. Okay. Like we have these, these reactionary patterns that save us to save our conscious mind from, from thinking about things. But a lot of this stuff we would do well to be conscious of. Okay. Cause there's, there's so much, there's so much happening in the body. It is absolutely bananas. Um, and, and so being aware of that is, is really, really key. So one thing that I wanted to mention here as well, um, within awareness is that uh, I would say that prior to prior to going to this retreat, I was spending about 99, probably over 99% of my time focused on things external to the body, okay? 
things going on outside, things like watching a YouTube video or listening to a podcast or um, looking at stuff while I'm walking down the street, like all of this stuff, listening to music, all this stuff is external, okay? Um, but there's so much stuff going on on the internal level that our conscious minds are just completely unaware of. And by by kind of fine-tuning your ability to be aware of this kind of stuff, you can learn so much about yourself and about the world around you. And uh, yeah, through this experience, I, I just learned so much through being able to, to better observe my body and to, yeah, I mean, just, just see what kind of crazy stuff is going on in there and how I can use that knowledge to, to help me move forward in the world. So um, a good friend of mine, I was talking to him about this and he he asked me, man, what are the three things that actually I'm going to read you the question because it was really it was a really well worded question um, from from my buddy. And so what he said was he said, if your girlfriend, mother or someone you deeply loved asked you for advice to improve their lives from what you learned on this retreat, what are the three pieces of advice you would give them that you learned from this? And how would you recommend they implement this advice to bring reality into to how would you recommend they bring it to reality in their lives? So Gavin, thank you so much for asking me this. My good friend Gavin asked me this question. Um, and I, I thought about this a little bit. And so so there are three things that I think you should walk away from this um, piece of content with or just from um, my experience with, okay? And I didn't want to go too deep um, in terms of like <laughs> talking about like free will um, and and all that good stuff. But um, the, the three things that I, that I think you should walk away from this with are, are first one, um, I think we would all do well to spend more time inside of our bodies. So like I mentioned, prior to doing this retreat, I was spending maybe um, 99.99% of my time focused on external stimulation, okay? Objects in the world that were, that were uh, where, where my conscious mind was, was occupied. Through, through this retreat, I've, I've, I've learned that there's, again, there's so much cool stuff going on inside that I was totally unaware of in terms of, I mean, starting off basically just, just sensations on the body, like noticing this stuff, noticing these vibrations, you know, that are going through your body. And I mean, it takes a while to get to that point, but noticing just the sensations, like if you have an itch, like before your unconscious mind kicks in and you start scratching it, like think about it a little bit. Okay. Like, like just notice like, Oh, should I have an itch? And like, you can still itch it. Like, I'm not saying like never itch your itches. Like, 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 no, no do that. But, but just be aware of, of, of what's going on in your body. Um, one, one place where I've really seen this kick in a lot is my stomach actually. So I'm used to eating, uh, I don't know, like five, six meals a day. Um, but I, I, I've noticed a lot more that, that now, now that I'm outside and, and I can, um, kind of like observe how, how these things I've learned apply to my real life. Um, I, I'm a lot more aware of how my stomach is actually feeling on a day-to-day basis. Okay. So like whether or not I'm actually hungry for something or whether or not, um, it's just something that, that I see and it looks good. And then I'm like, Oh, now I'm hungry, but being more aware of those things, um, within the retreat itself, I learned a lot about my, my, um, what my body would like to digesting and what it doesn't like digesting. So being more aware of this stuff, I know it's, it seems simple, but these kind of things can have a huge, huge impact on your life. And again, this stuff's pretty basic. Um, I could go a lot deeper, but I just, I don't want to scare people. And I don't want to give people any kind of like ideas of, of what to expect from something like this, because again, I went into it pretty much blind. I think that was a very good thing. Maybe doing a little bit more research than I had would have been a good thing, but I don't want to give people expectations. Like you're not going to levitate. Um, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like dissolve your whole body, but, uh, you will, you will learn a whole lot. I mean, just in terms of like big picture things that I did learn, I mean, free will, I learned a 
ridiculous amount of free will, not from anything anyone told me, but from things that I observed within my own body. Same thing with the sense of self, dude. Like my sense of self completely changed from when I when I went in to, to, to now where I'm at, just from things that went on in here. Nobody said anything about the sense of self. Nobody said anything about free will. But through the things that I was observing in my body, I was able to, to come to some significant realizations about these things um, totally on my own. So that was, okay, that's, that's the first thing that I would say. Spend more time inside, less time outside. Second one is to practice observation. So this kind of ties along with the first one. But instead of just reacting to things instinctually, I would say practice observation. So uh, it doesn't have to be all the time, but just while you're doing things, like say you're, you're walking to the gym or whatever, like I walk to the gym every morning. When I'm walking to the gym, instead of um, just kind of zoning out and kind of just like, because I know the way there, um, there's, not, there's not that many turns, it's very simple. I can just easily zone out and like, I'll leave my house and then like whatever, five, 10 minutes later, I'll be at the gym and I won't remember anything. But now kind of what I do is I'm not like trying to like observe everything and like stop every two feet and smell the flowers. But what I am doing is I'm just being conscious of the fact that, okay, I'm walking right now. Like I'm just like, I'm feeling the sensations that are going on in my feet, in my legs, in my knees, in my hips. Um, and, and just kind of being aware of that stuff, kind of just checking in once in a while and, and feeling the sensations on your body. Because if you don't check in once in a while, then you kind of just get hit with the really intense stuff. And one thing that I've been able to notice now is like I'm starting to feel stuff come up a little bit earlier than it actually like really arises. So I can start to feel myself get sick a little bit sooner now. Um, at least I think I can. Okay, maybe it's all placebo. Maybe it's not real, whatever. Um, but but I personally think I'm like, I'm feeling a lot more subtle sensations in terms of just like pain and when pain is starting to arise before it like really, really hits or like uh, me, my immune system starting to get compromised before it actually is just like out the window. So little stuff like that, just kind of being more observant of what's going on inside, um, what, potentially less so than what's going on outside. And then lastly, recognize your habit patterns, okay? Because, I mean, uh, humans are, a creature of, are creatures of habit, okay? And so we, we get in these habit patterns and a lot of them are just completely blind reactions. And so just becoming conscious of them. I'm not saying change your habit patterns. I'm just saying become aware of them, okay? Um, Self-awareness is something that I've, I've valued a lot over the last year. And I think that just becoming aware of your habits, like what are the habits that you consistently fall into? What are your ruts, whether they're good or bad, but just become aware of them, become aware of these things that you're kind of um, habitually doing in the unconscious part of your mind, whether it's like thought patterns, like maybe you just, maybe there's this one thing that always makes you angry every single day. The same thing makes you angry. Like learn that stuff because if you just keep letting that happen over and over again, that anger gets carved deeper and deeper and deeper into your mind. And I, I mean, it's just not, it's, it's just not a good thing. You know, like the, the, the more you push stuff down deeper, deeper, deeper into your mind, the, the, the less effective it's going to be. And one other thing I want to say right now, um, I, I learned on this retreat that a lot of the things that I was doing to address my negative, um, things, ne- negative things that happened to me, or like, uh, just whenever I felt an unpleasant sensation, I, I would do a lot of stuff to deal with it on the surface level. Okay. So things like, um, controlling your breath and just like being, uh, aware, like taking a step back and like calming down. Like these are all great things, but they don't address the roots of the problem. They don't address the roots of your unhappiness. They don't address the root of your discomfort. Um, all they're doing is kind of like dealing with stuff on the surface level, whereas there's there's so much going on uh, deeper that you are not addressing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it there. It's went a little bit longer than I wanted it to, um, but those were those are some of the biggest takeaways that I got out of this retreat and kind of the philosophies behind what I was doing. 
Um, again, if you have any more questions, feel free to drop them to me in the comments. Um, shoot me a message, shoot me an email, whatever. Um, however you want to get a hold of me, would love to hear from you and share more about this experience. Because again, as you can tell, I'm pretty fired up about it. I've only been back for a few days, but um, I've really been able to see some 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 decently significant changes in my life that I think are pretty cool. And um, so I'm I'm super stoked to, to talk about this and share with you again. Um, I'm not I'm not like a yogi. I haven't been meditating my whole life. In fact, this was like my only my first real experience with meditation. So um, I'm kind of just fired up right now, and I, I want to share this with you guys. So hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, I'm gonna drop another video in the next couple of days about um, kind of the biggest challenges for me and uh, overcoming those and kind of bring what I learned into the world with me. So stay tuned for that. Um, if you missed the first one, go back and watch that. Otherwise, I will catch y'all in the next one. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.